What's up, everyone? And welcome to episode number 62 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason. With me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott, and I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> so we want to start out the show with some gratitude, as always. Yes. If you're continuing to listen to the show week after week, you're we appreciate cool. you. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you so much. A couple of shout-outs this week. Just a couple. We want to shout-out George Fisher mm-hmm. and John Tardy. Yeah. Hey. So... This is a bonus episode for you this week, so we're going to get right into this episode. We don't have any news or reviews. We're going to get right into part three, the final part of our discussion on Metallica's discography. The 2000s. Just raw, no lube, nothing. Just, mm, here we go. You ready? Hang on, everybody. This one's going to get bumpy. Yeah! Yeah! All right, so we're getting into the 2000s here with Metallica. This is, uh, you know, this is, uh, I don't know if it's better than the 90s. We're about to find out. We're going to, no, we're going to start it off with shit anger. I mean, Saint Anger. This is the eighth studio album, was released June 5th, 2003. What a terrible year, I guess. It's 11 songs and 75 minutes of pure ear bleeding annoyance. Wow. Frantic. The opening lyric is, if I could have my wasted days back, I would use them to get back on track. I'm not sure, but this song wasted my day, and I'd like to get that time back. Frantic is hilariously horrible. Tick, 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 tock. Oh, man. It is, like, fucking real funny. It's bad, but funny. Like, what? So, it is mostly... I mean, I won't say mostly, but the drums are a big part of why this is so bad. Um, Everybody sounded like shit. I mean, no, everyone sounded like shit. But I thought some of the guitar and the bass work here was kind of interesting. And I don't know, maybe you guys may know more of the background on this than I do. But what were they trying to do? I don't know. Was this an attempt to sound like the artists that they covered on Garage Inc.? Like, did they have a midlife crisis? Uh, what happened? Like no, I, I don't no know. Fucking clue. It's terrible. The sound is terrible on this album. Bob Rock. Terrible. Yeah. Is he's every <sighs> stupid thing you do is fucking awesome. We should make that more like the yeah. Rah! Oh, that's because Bob Rock heard it one time when he seen him live, and he's like, "Oh, you do that a lot." When you're like, "We should record more of that." Nah, that's dumb. But the sound quality, like, why? Yeah, it's fucking. You when you make it fucking big, you need one dude that's gonna be like, nah, it sounds like shit, dude. Nah, I mean, yeah, I know you crank out good songs, but that one sounds like shit. They don't have that. They had fucking Bob Rock just fucking throwing money in panties and shit. Like, mm-hmm. nah, this dog shit is great. Keep doing it. They always need a guy to tell you you're fucking sucking. Yeah, nobody told them, mm-hmm. and nobody tells them to this day. Right. Um, 
Next up is the title track, St. Anger, Bobby's favorite, I'm guessing. The title track has 82 million streams. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> the lyric, I'm madly in anger with you. Yeah, I'm mad at James, Kirk, and Lars for doing this shit to us. St. Anger is a great title track. It should be the best representation of where this album is going. And this lump of donkey shit is exactly fair enough where they're fucking going. It's an excellent example of the turd buffet that is this album. So once again, Metallica with a solid title track. You said 82 million people? 82 million views on this fucking track. Like, why? That doesn't Morbid curiosity, like <clears throat> when you hear that there's a shit show, you want to tune in and see or hear said shit show. It has it to is, be. Nah. That's the only explanation. Fuck. This sounds like some really shitty new metal when it starts out, and then it sounds like a shitty punk band in their friend's basement. <laughs> and then for some reason, the vocals sound kind of clean and polished on this song. Like Ugh. what? What the fuck? <clears throat> you flush it out. You flush it out. It's fucking cringy as fuck, it's man. It's terrible. It's not good. Some kind of monster. The lyric, this is the beating you'll never know. More like the beating I never want to experience again. Turn this shit off. <laughs> Some kind of monster said this was good, and they recorded it and released it, and I had to listen to it, and that's just fucking mean. Fuck you, Bob Rock. Can we go back to load now? Uh, right? right. Fuck it, totally. <laughs> Dirty windows next. Wow. Whatever. In the beginning, it totally sounds like the bass took a shit. It's fucking atrocious. <laughs> I think you know the riff comes in and the bass. I was like, did the bass is shit? Like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, it was some bassy shit. It was fucking Fuck. not good. Oh my god! Uh, the further you get into this, like the worse the drum sound becomes. Mm-hmm. Like it starts to like literally, like it physically gives you a headache. Like it's hard it's, to yeah. listen. Because you can't focus on anything else. It's so bad. And then we got the invisible kid, and the torture just fucking continues. <laughs> He's only invisible if you're not looking at him. God it's damn not it. a good song. I wonder what this one would have sounded like, though, with like some normal Metallica production, like normal tuning drums. It seems like it could have had like potential to be like uh, a mediocre Metallica song. Ugh, I don't but know. the way it's recorded, it's completely unlistenable. Mm. My world, the opening lyric, the motherfuckers got in my head. Yep, now get out and erase this shit from my memory. His world sucks. That is lyrically the cringiest song on the album, man. Like, I thought the lyrics couldn't get worse from Load and Reload, but that is awful. Here we are. (laughs) Shoot me again. Yes, please. (laughs) The lyric, come on, shoot me again. I ain't dead. The vocal delivery was actually pretty cool, but this isn't enough to mask the shit around it. This, this Everything about it is terrible. Bang, fucking bang. Double tap, whatever it takes to end this sonic horror. Not all <laughs> heroes wear capes. Oh, fuck. It's almost unfathomable at this point that this is the same band that brought us Master of Puppets. Like, the vocals are so fucking weird. He's definitely trying to do, like, a new metal thing, and he's not good at it. And the music sounds like ass. Like, I don't know what else to say. Sweet Amber, sweet Jesus, is this shit over yet? Unpleasant. Fuck. They kind of got me for a few seconds at the beginning. Like like at the very beginning, for like the first 20 or so seconds, Mm. and then the drums kick in, Mm. and then everything sounds like muddied up bullshit again. (laughs) The unnamed feeling, opening with the lyric, been here before, 
Yep, a bunch of times, and I'm ready to never come back to this fucking album again. Detestable. That unnamed feeling is called disappointment. Purify. The lyric, tear it down, strip the layers off. Yep, that's exactly what they did. They took off all the cool layers and left us Left the thrash, and now they're eight-year-olds in a garage with zero experience, and they're recording on their Fisher-Price radio. Despicably awful. <laughs> this is the worst song on an album that's full of nothing but turds. Mm, like, it's bad. what an honor that must be. Like, how are you? The, you're the worst song on a whole fucking turd of an album. How bad is that fucking song? Closer, all within my hands. The album ends with the lyric kill being repeated over and over and over and over again. Yes, kill this album. Finally, it's fucking over. All within my hands. Yes, it was all in your hands. You won the fucking crown and you did nothing with it. And you constantly shit on the fucking throne. No sympathy for you. Look, I know I told you guys that I listened to this whole album. Mm. But I lied. I could not make it through all within my hands. That shit was so fucking terrible that I turned it off. All right. Count me down, fellas. Six. No more Newstead. Never fucking liked them. Wow. Five. Well, he didn't actually play on the record. Now in the band. Rob T on the bass. Rob T on the bass. Number four. Zero Kirk Hammett solos. Fucking hooray. What? Number three, (laughs) title track does its job. It's terrible. Number two, this is the last album they did with Bob Rock. Fuck that guy. Hey, that is a good one. Number one. I love that everyone hates this shit. I fucking told you they sucked and nobody believed me. And then Metallica Hmm. drops their eighth studio album, St. Anger, and it's a fucking one upside down pentagram. That it is, Jason. All right, guys. In an unprecedented turn of events, I'm going to need a countdown here. Oh, this is rare for Jason. I had literally no time invested in this band when this album dropped, and therefore I never listened to it until this week (laughs) and didn't suffer the rage and disappointment that longtime fans did. Five. This is the heaviest the guitar has sounded since (laughs) Puppets. Four. If you're sick of your neighbors playing their annoying country songs so damn loud on the weekends, Metallica has given you the perfect album to use as retaliation. Just get your earplugs in so you don't hear it in your own house. Every other band that released an album in 2003 looked like creative geniuses in comparison. Two. This album's still better than Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) One. After this week, I will never have to hear this shit again for the rest of my life. Boom. 
This album sounds like utter garbage. Uh, we all know about the trash can drums, but everything about it is terrible. The production is atrocious. There's no cool riffs. There's no cool solos. James sounds terrible. His lyrics suck. I don't know how anyone can defend this. The rule is if we give six positives, if we give it a one out of six, mm-hmm. well, this ain't even a fucking one. You're both wrong. St. Anger is the biggest pile of dog shit ever, and it gets a zero out of six for me. <laughs> and it's my birthday episode, so I do what the fuck I want. Yeah, we got a zero and a seven. Get some of that. All right, now that we're done with that bullshit, we Mm -hmm. get on to Death Magnetic, which is the ninth studio album, released September 12, 2008. It's 11 songs and 75 long minutes. Come on, wrap it up. (laughs) It's like old people driving. Get out of the fast lane. Slow it down, guys. Uh, This was Just Your Life opens it up. But welcome back, Metallica. After the bullshit you gave us five years prior, uh, we are here with a solid opener that they're known for. There's slow build into fast riffing and drums that ain't bad. And there's a blistering solo again. Welcome back, guys. Fucking best art since fucking Injustice for All. Uh, there's a couple cool riffs in there, but it's a mediocre song all together. But yeah, best art since Justice. But yeah, when you're following the album that we just reviewed, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're back to giving us the big epic opening track. Good way to start the album. Closest thing we've heard to classic Metallica in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it actually got my head banging. So, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally was banging my head while I was listening to it. There you go. Didn't do that for St. Anger. Fuck, but, no. Or load. Smashing, or smashing your head into a wall waiting for it to get over, you know. Uh, the end of the line. It's aggressive with, lo- with a lot of cool riffs. Four minutes into the track, it gets really cool with all kinds of back and forth between Kirk and James. Which is riff salad. There's a great groove to this track. Yeah, this song jams, man. It's got all the classic elements. I like the slowdown after the six-minute mark. Uh, the song didn't go in the direction I was expecting, which is pretty cool, because I thought they were going to go straight into the fast, shreddy guitar, but instead they brought the energy down, and I thought that was kind of neat. So I like that one. Yeah, uh, it's a bunch of fucking build-up riffs, though. Like, I hate when they do that. Like, don't build up to a, another build-up riff to another fucking build. Like, are we going to fucking get to it? But when they do finally get to it, they get into a groovy little medley of stolen riffs uh, from <laughs> such bands as Ministry, Caius, Soundgarden, and Sepultura. <clears throat> Interesting. <laughs> Broken, beat, and scarred. Pretty boring song outside of the solo bridge section. Uh, you make me, uh, what's it? Make you more strong. What do you think about that lyrics, guy? Make you more strong. Ugh. It, it How's that was bad. Head? Like, yeah, the lyrics good. killed this one because like mm. when it when it first kicked on, I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. And James sounds kind of tough. And then he's just like, it's just cliche after cliche after cliche. Like it's he's just good. out of ideas and he's using all the old tropes that every metal band has fucking done before him. And then, as Bobby pointed out, not even proper grammar on top of that. He used to write about such cool shit. Yeah, and I commented a lot, on a lot, that on the early albums. A lot of meaningful lyrics, you know. I'm very super impressed stuff. with yeah. his lyrics on the early stuff. And, it's and then just, he got sober. Mm. Yeah. But let's be real about that. I, you know? I mean, yeah. He was not the same after that. So, but anyways, stay sober, guys. The day that never comes. A nice medley opening as the song slowly builds over the next five minutes before it explodes out into some kind of thrash throwback uh, to close the track out. One of the standouts on the album, I thought. 
Bobby the day that like never up. comes. The day that Metallica makes cool music again. That's the day that never comes. <laughs> Fuck. Nah, these guys, uh, they're still really fucking good at the ballads. Um, when it finally gets towards the heavy part at the end, it's got some of the most razor sharp, fast picking that you hear on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most memorable solos that we heard in years. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty solid song. Yep. I like it. All Nightmare Long follows it. It's a menacing, heavy intro that goes on for almost two minutes before James comes in with his vocal. Uh, He sounds better on this track than anything else on the album, in my opinion. One of the best modern solos from Kirk. Uh, The solo in instrumental section is not to be skipped. An almost eight-minute epic. Uh, This has always been the standout track on the album for me, All, All Nightmare Long. the second coolest video they have and it's always cool but i only like the let's do it with the video like when i hear someone watch the, the video is fucking gnarly as yeah. fuck man yeah no that makes sense actually uh no i agree with uh pretty much everything you said justin i mean this one uh is definitely one of the most memorable songs that they made in a long time really mm-hmm. yeah. and james definitely sounds better than he does on any of the other songs the lyrics are better the vocals are delivered better. Um, it's it's a good one. It's, it's one good. of the most memorable memorable tracks from the uh, 2000s. Kind of sounds uh, like it yeah. was maybe one of the earlier songs they wrote, and they were like, that's cool. We should maybe go in that direction, and that's why yeah. the rest of it isn't as awesome. Like, that's the one they focused on or had the most uh, inspiration yeah. with. It was a good one. Yeah. Cyanide is next. It's a pretty boring track until the back half uh, where it gets interesting with the back and forth riffing again. Uh, there's a small spot for Rob T to show off his bass here, which was rare in the early oh, Rob T eras. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyanide kind of sounds like a St. Anger track that was produced correctly with proper drums. Mm, it's, just not, you know, it's not very good. Musically, it was like if U2 was tough. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that as a good thing for either band. Oh, I, I didn't hate that one. Uh, I like the way that the bass really led the song throughout the whole thing. Mm. Uh, you know, a little less thrashy, a little more groove. It wasn't one of the best songs on the album, but it wasn't terrible. The Unforgiven 3. Here we are. We never asked for part two. And why? And it wasn't very bad. But part mm. three, completely fucking unnecessary. It has a piano opening even more slowed down and melodic than the first two parts. Again, much like the rest of the album, it includes a solid solo, but overall, it's just kind of there. Yeah. Why? Why? I think they messed up by titling this Unforgiven 3. Um, I had certain expectations going into it because, yeah, even though I didn't ask for the second one, I actually liked the first and the second one. I thought they were solid. This didn't live up to it at all. 
And I went into it like expecting something similar to what I got on the first two parts. It was nothing like that. It uh, doesn't live up to the title at all. I think it could have possibly biased me against a decent song, but I don't know. I held it up to the other two Unforgivens, mm-hmm. and therefore it wasn't good. So yeah. I don't know. Definitely. It, it might have been good on its own, but with the title, no. The Judas Kiss is next. There, There's some guitar riffing here that I really like and solos later on. That song's Lars cool. really ruins this one. Well, he does that anyways, but that but song's he, cool, man. It's got fuck. good riffs in it, man. Nah. Should have left that one off the album completely, in my opinion. Yeah. Doesn't really add anything mm-hmm. except seven minutes of my life. Suicide and Redemption, almost 10 minutes long, and there's just no reason for it. These guys are just playing. Uh, it all sounds good, but where are the hooks here? Uh, you forget what's happening as soon as the song is over, which is common with this album. Yeah. Got a cool fade in. They actually let Rob do something cool there, and it's some more of the shitty COC riffing in there. Yeah, this one I liked. <laughs> this one I liked. Uh, I think it's one of the most interesting pieces of music that these guys have put out in quite a while. And I kept imagining like a more modern vocalist laying down some vocals over this and what it might sound like. Specifically, I kept imagining Mr. Randy Bly, mm. uh, you know, doing some vocals on this. And I thought it sounded cool in my mind. They <laughs> closed with My Apocalypse. It's high energy, thrashy. Uh, with pretty aggressive lyrics, fast riffing, and Lars is back to work with this one. Blistering solo at the midway point. Uh, Kurt was definitely having fun on this album. It's a solid way to close it out. Uh, yeah, it was a nice bookend of mediocre songs. <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, I listened to this with headphones on. I thought the low end was too low. Yeah, uh, It wasn't letting the guitar punch through as I as it did like on the rest of the album. Uh not really a great closer, in my opinion. I thought it was one of the weaker songs on the album. Uh, I did enjoy this album quite a bit until it got to the last few songs. Uh, I think that they could have left off Unforgiven 3, The Judas Kiss, and My Apocalypse, and just ended it with the instrumental song. Uh, and I think that would have been a better uh, outro for the song. Seven out of ten songs is not bad overall. That's pretty good. Uh, I definitely respect them for trying to recapture the old school sound. I give this one a 4.25 out of six. What? Two five. Four point two five. I guess we're breaking all the rules here, huh? Look, man, I did the math, all right? Like I did an actual four point two five. That's a TMFT first as well. There you go. All right. What you got, Bobby? We counting you down? Uh no, I like where they were going, uh or they were trying to go on this one. It's the best sound they've had since puppets, I thought. Second best video they have. Uh it's weird they're known for videos, but none of them are really that cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're known for videos. You're right. They're really not that awesome, but that one's fucking awesome. All nightmare long is badass. Uh all in all, still terrible, but progress is progress. Metallica Death Magnetic is a two upside down pentagrams. <laughs> 4.25 and 2. Long songs after long songs seemingly just for the sake of doing it. Technically, there's a lot of good here, uh, but it's all really forgettable. There's nothing catchy. There's nothing memorable. It's just kind of there. Uh, they're playing their asses off, and it's a welcome change from St. Anger. That's for damn sure. Uh, but they're just jamming, not really writing songs that will live on. It's not bad. It's not great. It's three and a half out of six. <laughs> all right. The sequel is Hardwired to Self-Destruct. It's the 10th studio album. We're at album 10, finally. Mm. Released November 10th, 2016. 12 songs. 
78 minutes. Why do they think these albums need to be this long? They're fucking old. It opens with Hardwired. Lars is in your face to open it, actually. Aggressive and fast. Very thrashy. Quick three-minute track. By far the shortest on the album and maybe the best. Hardwired. The Mm. fuck out of my face, Lars. I didn't ask you to be here. I mean, (laughs) he was there. So, uh, no bullshit. I had never heard this fucking album before, and I had, like, no clue about any of it until I got to the back end of the album. I was like, oh, another one song. You probably know the one I'm talking about. But uh, I thought that was on, like, a tribute album. Had no clue that this album existed, so I was kind of excited, like, oh, cool. Maybe they did something cool. So, Hardwire. Now, I have this skill I've honed over the years that gives me the ability to tune out shitty vocals. (laughs) This song is pretty cool. It's got some good riffing, fast and tight. Kurt Solo sucked, but that's to be accepted. Uh, if this represents what we're going to be doing with the rest of the fucking album, we got something pretty cool here, possibly. <laughs> but we're not. Like I said, I took my notes as we were going along. I'd never heard it, so that Absolutely. was my note there. Yeah, this was a fun, short, little thrasher. Get the album going. Unfortunately, I don't have that skill that Bobby has. Mm. And the lyrics, like, terrible. Eat me up. Uh, they've really gone downhill over the years. So fucked shit out of luck. Are you serious? That's fucking it's lame as hell. Like, come on, man. You're better than that, James. You're better than that. Mm. Atlas Rise. It's got a catchy riff and the title uh, and the uh, track has a good groove to it overall. Uh, Disappointing. They tried to do Mm. some Maiden type stuff in there, and this is not the band to do that. Yeah, this one I liked. I thought uh sounded like they were actually really having some fun in the studio. And I love that the drums are not super loud in the mix. <laughs> now that we're dead, I like the double bass coming out of it. Uh once those one of those it's kind of one of those head bobbing Metallica tracks. Mm. Uh well it's not looking good. Doesn't even seem like they're trying. This song is cheesy as fuck. <laughs> yep. So Uh, The drums, they sounded decent on this track, uh, but they were very generic. I wish that he would do some variations instead of playing the same fucking fill over and over again. Uh, But I do like this song overall. It's more of a rock song, really. It's not really... uh, It's definitely not like old school Metallica, Mm. uh, but cool song, cool lyrical concept on this one. I wish Lars would just try, because I'm sure he's a lot better than he actually... I mean, it seems like it. I mean, even your most basic drummer, they wouldn't keep doing that same fill like four or five times like during the intro. Mm -hmm. Every time they would be switching it up. And that's the stuff that like us, uh, like when we listen to albums all the time, Mm -hmm. that's the shit that keeps us coming back. Especially some of the like, Oh, they're about to do this little cool thing right here. Mm -hmm. No, that little cool thing's never coming in the Metallica song. It's not. (laughs) No, but I I think he can do it. That's the crazy part. You know what I mean? Like you hear it. If that's his, like if that's his intention, like he's playing it really dumb. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Moth into the flame. Uh, It's one of the standouts on the album. uh, If there are any standouts, it's got good, good guitar hooks. A decent catchy chorus, and Lars gets going a little bit later on. Uh, I seen this one live during the album cycle, and they had a flame that appeared to be running back and forth on stage, like something out of Mario, which was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This song has interesting riffs, and it's arranged pretty cool. James is a really good songwriter, but sometimes he's lazy and just lobs a turd, and nobody calls him on it. This song is cool, though. They had the sword on tour with him uh, before they did this album, and it has a little bit of that flavor, which is funny because the sword is a ripoff of fucking Metallica. But uh, so far, maybe the best song on the album we'll see. 
Yeah, it is definitely my favorite track on the album. Uh, super old school thrashy metal flavor. I liked it. bit of a dark and ominous than the rest of the, the album uh the main rips kind of sludgy it's just pretty heavy uh it's got that pendulum swinging vibe to it so check this out i was waiting to talk about this because you mentioned something earlier i think this song would be cool if another band did it and i mean that as a positive you had said wouldn't it be cool if somebody else did the vocals i think james should write songs and give them to other bands <laughs> instead of trying to do some of this <laughs> stuff <laughs> You know, like as a musician, you yeah. want to write new stuff, but the Metallica sound don't fucking fit. Go write some songs for the like Prince would just crank out fucking all kinds of cool songs for other artists. And, or, you know, like I felt like this song would be cool if another, I don't know what band, but it feels like another band would make it better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes sense. Uh, this song sounds like it might have been left over from the Load era, <laughs> which was that era where they were doing a bunch of shit that wasn't really Metallica. Yeah. Um, but this one's actually a much more successful attempt at trying to make an alternative rock song. Mm-hmm. This one's like a good Alice in Chains style song. Uh, they can actually write good hard rock songs. I don't know what they did on Load and Reload, but like this was the, I think this is what they were going for and they didn't pull it off. Like this is much better than anything they did on Load and Reload. Yeah. It's not a metal song, I don't think. Uh, but it works. Halo on fire is next borders on a ballad at times, but it's heavy explosions numerous times throughout as it goes back and forth. Yeah. I didn't like this one. Not bad. Not super memorable. It's kind of got a little bit of the wherever I may roam vibe, but it's not catchy. (laughs) Confusion. Lars has a military style drum marching at the opening with Kurt. Uh, has a nasty, evil riff. Lyrically returning to war themes, reminiscent of 80s Metallica. Mm. With the lyric, leave the battlefield, yet it's whores never heal. Coming home from war, pieces don't fit anymore. Make it go away. Yeah. Man, the whores never heal after Patrick Bateman gets with an done H, with them. not mm. a W, guys. Uh, confusion. Dirty minds. Yeah, I'm confused, too. I thought we were going to do cool stuff, Metallica. What the fuck? I thought this one felt like it could be a sequel to one. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a mid-tempo banger, and like if you dig into the lyrics and mm-hmm. stuff, like it kind of has that vibe to it. 
Mm. Um, yeah. After the shit we got with Load, Reload, and especially Saint Anger, like it was nice to start to hear lyrics that are actually pretty decent again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're kind of all, all over the place on this album, but that song was an example of some good ones. Man Unkind is next. The main riff is kind of bluesy. The rest of the track is just kind of there. Hey, he's got bass stuff. Oh, he That's likes nice. It. And then uh, almost a really cool song. And then they muck it up. So it's just a pretty good song. But it's got some good riffs some cool effects on the vocals uh, in the middle bit there. It was all right. It's another out of place hard rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could imagine like Jack White or the singer of The Strokes doing vocals on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bad song, but the music is like upbeat and partying. And then the lyrical content is super dark and it just doesn't really work for me overall. Mm. It sounds yeah. disjointed. Here comes the revenge. The whole first 90 seconds are a really big build. Lyrically, it's getting very dark, cool, fast riffing, but really not much else after that. Yeah, it's a turd. A um, little bit heavier. But uh, one thing I noticed like while listening to this album and you know, this, this song is where it really clicked. And then I went back, I was thinking about some of the other songs and James is like really fixated on like religious themes on this album. There's a lot of Cain and Abel garden of Eden type references uh, throughout the album. Like his mom was like super religious. That's why he's all like fucked in the head. Mm. Okay. I mean, that makes sense because there was just so much of that on this album. Like, if you really dig into the lyrics, lyrics, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of religious stuff. Mm. Am I Savage? By this point in the album, you really (laughs) just start to notice how it's all blending together. The album's dragging on and on. Yeah, for a goof, I looked at the lyrics and it actually read, ooh. And I was like, did you really write four O's, James? Or was it three? Like, maybe another O. Fucking hilarious, <laughs> terrible song. Yeah. I did, whenever I hear that, though, I always go see if the lyrics say it. Because I'm like, how many O's did you think that was going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, does you write that out? How many O's is in there? Yeah, that song should have never made it onto the album. It's not good. Uh, and then Murder One is next. It's a tribute to Lemmy. Mm-hmm. It's a little acoustic opening. And then it goes into typical Metallica head bob. Pendulum Swinging Sound, uh, which I've mentioned a few times before over this discography. Best video they fucking have. You ever seen a video? Ever? It's fucking awesome. Better yeah. than one? Yeah. Okay. I'm just some dude, no arms and legs, laying yeah, there. Yeah, but you feel No tricks and shit. You, you feel This that. is Lemmy out there partying. Okay. Best video they have. And for some reason, like I said earlier, I never put it together. This was on a fucking Metallica album. I what, thought it was just a tribute to Motorhead. What about I Disappear? We didn't even talk about that. It's a Mission Impossible video. It's pretty decent, too. No, this one's fucking okay. cartoon about all right, Lemmy. All right, all right. It's got chicks and drugs, blackjack and hookers. Chicks, drugs, blackjack, and hookers. So we're going to close it out with Spit Out the Bone, reminding you of their thrash roots. Comes Coming right out of the gates, 100 miles an hour. And it never really slows down. The last 60 seconds are insane speed for dudes of this age. Solid way to close out the album after losing me for the first few tracks of the back half. Mm. Yeah, Spit Out the Bone's a decent closer. Yeah, not bad. I'm glad they picked the energy back up. Ended it on a thrashy note. Uh, So this one sounds better. Uh, It's a mess. It's way too fucking long. Uh, The album failed the title track, not the other way around. While it's one of the better songs on the record, uh, it's not what you're going to hear with the rest of the shit. It's a better standalone song, and it's pretty badass. The song about Lemmy? And the best video they fucking have is fucking awesome. So progress is progress. Metallica, 
hardwired to self-destruct. There's a two and a half upside down pentagrams. Mm. We're getting there. So as usual, I kind of second what Bobby said. I feel that there's too many songs on this album. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that they have that old school mentality that they have to have a certain number of songs on the album or the album has to be over an hour. But most of my favorite albums are between 30 and 45 minutes. I think they've done themselves a disservice by putting subpar songs on their albums alongside some really good ones. If they just learned to leave some of that filler out, I think the overall fan experience would be much better. Mm. That said, I think they did accomplish what they wanted to do with this album. When I listen to this one, it sounds like an attempt to blend all of the different eras of the band into one cohesive effort. Mm -hmm. And I think they very much did that with this album. Uh, With the problem being, a lot of us don't like all the eras of the band. Uh Uh, So I found this one uh, not as enjoyable as Death Magnetic. I liked about half of the songs. So for me, they pronged it with a three upside down pentagram. Mm -hmm. Much like Death Magnetic, there's too many long songs that just blend together. It's all technically pretty good. Uh, but it's just not memorable. Uh, you get to the, you'll get to the end and wonder what song is what. At this point, I think these guys are just having fun. Uh, I'd rather this style album though than the ones we were getting in the late '90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, many many of these songs actually play pretty great live. It's not really a bad album. It's a little better to me than Death Magnetic, so I'll give it a three and a half out of six. There you All right, we're at the end here now with uh, Metallica's newest album, 72 Seasons, the 11th studio album. It was released April 14th, 2023. 12 songs, 77 minutes. Jeez. We've come to expect it at this point. This is kind of like the end of the trilogy here. Uh, We reviewed this back on episode 33 earlier this year. Jason and I did. Bobby was not here, so you'll probably mm-hmm. hear a little more from Bobby than us at this time, but a little bit, yeah. it kicks off with 72 Seasons, which has a cool riff to open the album. Gets right into it. It's riff salad throughout. I uh, thought this was a really cool opener. Uh, the bass is cool, uh, but it's just a boring wannabe Motorhead song with a ripoff of Earache My Eye. Rob it's- T on the bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mama talking to me, trying to tell me uh-huh. how to live. Yeah. It's that roof. Yeah, I like that one. I, I think um I think we get into a little bit of kind of justice era Metallica on mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Um it's not super interesting, but uh it's got a cool guitar solo. It's a pretty strong start to the album overall. Mm-hmm. Shadows Follow is next. I like the solo about four minutes in. Uh, yeah, my shadow follows me all the time. Never really struck me as fucking remarkable. Uh, <laughs> this song is fucking extra, not good. <laughs> Screaming suicide opens with a cool riff lyrically, probably the most important song on the album dealing with mental health and suicidal thoughts, cool solo and riffing throughout the song, high energy. I like when it drops out about four minutes in, has a good bounce, uh, before it finishes up the song strong. It's one of the better tracks on the album. Mm. Bass sounds cool. Rob T on uh, the bass. It's a lot of songs about suicide from James. You'd think maybe someone would check up on that. Yeah, I that, mean that's a good point. There's multiple suicide songs on multiple fucking albums. You know, you, as your buddy, I'd be like, "Hey, man, uh, doing yeah. all right? And you, you need yeah. like a cupcake and a hug or some shit? Like, what's going on?" I'll yeah. give you like one or two. Like, you know, get your feelings out. But like, yo, uh, you still want to die? What's yeah, it's definitely a good point. 
Let's, um, let's write a song and work on that maybe or something, you know? That is my favorite track on the album, uh, mm-hmm. as I noted back on the original review. Episode 33. Um, and <laughs> it is one of the only tracks that I've actually revisited mm-hmm. uh, many times since. I'm not a Metallica fan. I don't listen to a lot of Metallica, but I do have this one on some playlists, and oh, I wow. listen to it pretty often. Uh, I like the main riff. The lyrics, obviously, are super powerful and impactful to me. Uh, I really like James's delivery on that. Um, and the chorus definitely will bring you back to kind of like the Black Album type mm. era mm. Yeah. of Metallica. Uh, I think it's a good one. Sleep, Sleepwalk My Life Away uh, has a cool bass riff here leading into the track. Uh, but it quickly lost me uh, right after the vocals come in. Uh, it was the first of several moments where I wanted to skip to the next song. This track's just very dull. But Rob T on the bass. Yeah, I wish I could have slept through this song. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, old Rob is the best part about this song. And then it kind of just blends in after that. You must be blind. This one's very slow moving and bored me until about the four minute mark when Rob T on the bass made his vocal debut. Mm-hmm. Ton, tons of effects over his voice, but it's still a pretty cool sound. Overall, the song is kind of a big miss, though, and clocks in at seven minutes long. Mm. Yeah, bass sounds cool. Uh, starts off like the sword, then goes into phoned-in mediocrity. And I think it's funny that they keep going back to that sword sound when the sword was ripping off of them. I think that's cool full circle, man. I like that. <laughs> yeah, not not much uh, that really stood out about that one. Uh, it had a nice solo in it. Mm. Lux Eterna. After the snooze fest that was the last few songs, Lux Eterna comes back to smash us in the face and remind us why we were kind of excited about this album to begin with when it came out. Uh, this was the fast-paced song, thrashy goodness. Uh, it's the shortest track on the album. It's just three and a half minutes, and it doesn't fuck around. It's a standout track, my favorite on the album, and there's a reason why they shouldn't be writing these long fucking songs. This is tight and to the point. I know shit. You can tell that they really think they got something cool here, but they don't. Nah, I, I like Lux Eterna uh, quite a bit. That was the first one that we listened to and reviewed as a group on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it lives up to the hype, and I think that Justin's on to something there. Like It would be nice to see him stick to around the four-minute mark on mm-hmm. songs. I think that they feel, at this point, because they're Metallica, that they got to put out these long, epic songs. Mm-hmm but I don't think that they necessarily have the creative juices to make that happen. The way used that they up used all the to. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe like fun little songs like this might be, mm-hmm. you know, their bread and butter right now. Yep. And I didn't hear anybody complain when they put this song out. No, everybody know? loved it. Outside they, of this guy over here. They, to my right. they, they could cut a lot of the songs in half, you know, and use, cause it's like a lot of riffs well, throughout, you know, make two songs out of each one. And then you, you got to put like you know, one or two, maybe long yeah. songs on there. Yeah. They, they usually yeah, exactly. do a ballad. Make the long song count instead of being the expected. There you go. Yes. Crown of Barbed Wire is next. It's got a killer bass riff. Hey, Rob T on the bass. Mm-hmm. The rest of the song just goes right back into that dull sound they had uh, for tracks four and five. Yeah, bass does sound cool, but it's another song of just half-ass riffs thrown together. Like, there's the, the songwriting is not there. It's just fucking dumb fucking riffs. Just throw away shit. Just phoning it in. Hey guys, it's fucking jam, I guess. So when I listened back to this one again this week, like I still had the same sentiment. Like I found myself wondering what it would sound like if we had a different drummer playing mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. track. 
because I think there were multiple parts throughout this song where like a skilled drummer, like a more modern drummer would have been doing a lot of really cool stuff that actually mm -hmm. held your interest through some of the parts that weren't quite as interesting. But since he just kind of keeps the beat and doesn't really do a whole lot else, it, it keeps the song kind of at that same boring, like over and over mm -hmm. repetitive shit. Yep. And that's why it's losing us. Yep. Not blaming it all on Lars, but God damn it, Lars. Lars. Yeah. Chasing light is next. Uh, this song is just there and it goes on for almost seven fucking minutes. Yeah. I didn't like this one either. If Darkness had a son, uh, the intro of the song's cool, nice riff and drums that get your head bobbing. Hey, Lars, you did something all right. Uh, but then the song just uh, kind of trails off and gets repetitive. It's six and a half minutes, and it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. It just has no reason to be that long. Yeah, well, it starts with the Lars bullshit, so that's not awesome. But you know what is awesome? The bass. Yeah, if Darkness had a son, uh, this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, it got my head banging. Uh, I think this one slaps, man. The lyrics are kind of cheesy, uh, but, you know, it's the right amount of cheese. It's not going to get me all stopped up. It's just going to be, like, nice and delicious, and I I'm pretty good with that. All right. If yeah. Darkness had a son, his name would be Jason. Yeah, I'll take no cheese. Uh, too far gone, question mark. <laughs> Going to be honest, by this point, every listen, I was checked out. There's a groove to it. It's not bad, but it's just another song. It's just there. And it's just a bunch of rehash riffs from the 80s era. Uh, again, though, uh, I still <laughs> I still stand by what I said. Like, this is another shorter song, and I think it's one shorter of the better song. songs on the album. That's the ones you like. No, the, the shorter short, songs are better. Well, at, at sure. this era of Metallica. Fuck, they're over sooner. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... If you go back to the early days, like they were great at writing the long fucking epic songs. Mm -hmm. And my reviews support that because yeah. like they didn't lose me. But now they're not doing anything interesting. I feel like they feel obligated to make those long songs and they're not good. Mm -hmm. um, this one I liked a little bit better because it was quick in and out. Got my head banging. and It was done. At this point, I don't want to hear 70-minute albums, though. It's just too fucking long. Nobody wants to hear a 70-minute album. This is the fucking TikTok generation. Yeah. No, cut it out. 45 minutes. Room of Mirrors. About 2.45 in, it really picks up. Guitars start ripping, and Lars makes an appearance at the five-minute mark. Yeah, I didn't like this one. <laughs> this is a Metallica song. They're all Metallica songs. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. What, <laughs> you what, are correct, sir. What's the closer called? In, in, in Amorita? Inamorata. Inamorata. Whatever. It's a decent closer, but it goes for 11 minutes and 10 seconds. And the first five minutes just drag on fucking slow. Over 11 minutes of boring ass Metallica closer bullshit. Good thing the bass sounds cool. Yeah, uh, this song, it's at least four minutes too long, <laughs> yeah. uh, if not more. Uh, but I do like the, like the Tool-esque bridge around mm -hmm. the six-minute mark. Uh, that feels like kind of a fresh concept from the band, something they hadn't done before. Uh, but this song is, uh, overall, it's it's not what I've become accustomed to. Like, if you go back to the closers on the old school Metallica mm -hmm. stuff, this doesn't even hold a candle to that at all. Not even. Um, on my initial listen, 
uh, back when we originally reviewed this, I gave this a four out of six on episode 33 upside down <laughs> pentagrams. If you haven't listened to episode 33, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Go back and listen to that shit, please. Justin's been practically begging for it this whole time. Yeah. Give it a five star rating. Listen to the fucking episode. It was the 420 episode. We talked about yep. weed songs and I don't even smoke weed without Bobby. Think of the yeah, sacrifice I made for you motherfuckers. Fuck me. Shit. Uh, All right. So in preparation for this episode, I had mm. to listen to this album again. Mm. I'm and sorry. outside of those couple of songs that I referenced, I love Screaming Suicide, by the way. I still like Lux Eterna. Uh, a couple other songs on here. But this one didn't hold up the way that I thought it might. Mm. Uh, I had a little bit of excitement around this uh, because it was new, especially new to me. Like, I don't really listen to Metallica, so like... I heard it and I was like, oh yeah, these guys are going back to their old school sound. It sounds cool. And then this week, I listened to all the old stuff consecutively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got to this. And it's I was like, like, what the fuck? All right. This ain't this ain't what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Now nah, this album's a three out of six upside down pentagrams. No problem with that. Bobby. Count me down, fellas. Yep. Rob T on the bass, number six. Robert Trudgelo holding down the low end. Trudgelo. Five. Rob T on the bass. Four. Ozzy Osbourne's former bass players on this album. What's his name? Rob T, number three. The old bass player for Suicidal Tendencies plays on this entire album. Rob T, number two. The new bass player for Suicidal Tendencies, his dad plays on this one. <laughs> <laughs> number one. So Metallica's out there touring supporting this album, and all of a sudden they had Suicidal Tendencies open for them, and father and son totally had a bass cool. duel, and that's the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Another turn. Thanks, Metallica. Seven, two seasons, one upside down pentagrams. Now, I would like to close this with one thing I learned over this whole fucking Metallica catalog. I figured out what Rob T's fucking job is. He plays the bass. It's to make Lars sound cool. He doesn't. And the other bass player, old Jason, didn't understand that was his role. You're not here to fucking sound cool. You're not here to back up James and Kurt. We got to make fucking somebody make Lars sound cool, and that's what Rob does. He is a fucking prolific fucking musician, and he's holding it down doing simple shit, which is harder to do. To the, to that point, Jason only had one decent album. I know you don't agree, but Black Album was the only good album. He had. Yeah, but I'm saying the stuff he did outside of it is he wasn't really He wasn't really on Injustice. The coolest shit he did is on Sepultura's worst album. So anyways, uh, musically, this is a very solid album. Uh, riffs on top of riffs, but it's not consistent. And where are the fucking hooks? Uh, much like the last two albums, it all sounds pretty good while you're listening. But for the most part, there's nothing here catchy. It's just all forgettable. After you're done listening, you probably won't even remember what you heard Mm-mm. and have a, or have a strong desire to ever go back to the album, Mm-mm. which I really haven't done since it was released. It's 12 songs. Clock's in at 77 minutes, but it has a lot of filler. Uh, Lux Eterna is the shortest song and by far the best. And it's tight and to the point. I originally gave it a four out of six, but I'm going to drop it a little bit. We're going to go to three and a half out of six now. All right, everyone. We've reached the point in the discography discussion Hmm. where we put these albums in order by our average rating. Hmm. In this episode, we rated 12 albums overall. (sighs) So we're going to start with number 12. 
the number 12 album is probably not going to surprise you. It's probably going to make you angry. Coming in with an average rating of 0.67. Yeah. Not even a one. <laughs> Fuck that album. That's cool. Worst dog shit ever. <laughs> All right. 0.67. 0.67. Well deserved, motherfuckers. Saint Anger. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 11. With an average rating of 2.17. Yeah. Is load. Oh, it's pretty right. terrible. Okay. Yeah. Also coming in with an average rating of 2.17. <laughs> reload. Yeah. And that was with your 4.25 in there, right? <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs> Look at the math on this guy. Right. The albums sucked. They did, yeah. Coming in at number nine with an average rating of 2.5 is 72 seasons. All right. Yeah. yeah. With an average rating of three. Hardwired to self-destruct. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good fucking rating for that. Yeah. Okay. And with an average rating of 3.25. Coming in at number seven is Death Magnetic. Okay. With an average rating of 3.67. Garage Inc. comes in at number six. So far, it makes pretty much yeah. You I know, mean, right, right. I'm, I, I don't disagree. My ratings might have been different, but this is okay. Getting down to the top five. That's where it gets mm-hmm. important, right here. Right it, here yeah. at number five, with an average rating of four point one seven. Black mm-hmm. album. Thanks, is Bobby. The black album. All right. That's all right. It is number five either way, so that's that's mm-hmm. okay. I nope. think I could have called it all the way up to this point. And I think this is where now I, it gets super interesting. The top four, the original four. Like my personal would be different than what the average is going to well, be. Yeah, we but, already but know. We already the, know the that. first fucking eight. I could have. Yeah, I think that's accurate as fuck. It is. Here we so go. what do we got? Number four. This is the important part. Number four with an average rating of four point eight three, which is solid as fuck. Hmm. And justice for all. all. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Number three. Average rating of 5.5. Damn near perfect. 5.5. Number three and five and a half. Mm-hmm. Number three is kill them all. Oh, oh, we're getting there. I guess I could have called it. This is what I would have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Everybody argues about these two is probably the top two. So this Nobody is fucking the, argues. The, the number they one is number one. Yeah, but it ain't our number one. Isn't it? Justin's going to get the advantage. Here. Oh, oh my seven. seven. Right. Yes. Justice served. Yeah. Coming in at number two with an average rating of 5.67. Master. Yeah, yeah. Master of Puppets. Mm. Forgot about the seven. And the number one Metallica album of all my, time. Because it's my birthday episode, motherfuckers. Right. According right. to TMFT <laughs> with an average rating of 5.83. Five point, is that the highest rating we've had? For Shit, it might be for a combined, but I gave you seven in there, so I kind of skewed it. Nah, uh, White Zombie with the triple six. Yep. Yeah, right. true, true, true. Ride the light. Ride the fucking hey, that's light. Cool. Happy fucking Happy birthday, Happy fucking man. birthday to me, guys. That's cool how that worked out. There you go, everybody. Yo ho Yeah We're done now Five incredible albums Six mediocre albums And one pile One epic pile of steaming Horseshit ball bullshit Those 12 albums combined Make up The discography of Metallica 
Please, I hope you guys enjoyed. Anybody out there likes this scene anger, just let, let me us know. know. Yeah, like, I've never met anybody. 82 that likes million that people listen to the title track, and I think you're crazy, but yeah, you know, what is the yeah, it's the title track. They're like, oh, yep. that one's got to be good, right? Mm. Yep. What do we got next week, Jason? Blackjack and hookers. All right, everyone. That is our episode for That's this it. week. Oh, jeez. Fuck off. We are done. Get we have made our way through the entirety of Metallica's discography. That was a fucking long uh, ride. And frankly, we're fucking exhausted. Yeah, for sure. That was my idea, too, but that was rough. Let us know in the comments if you agree or disagree with our ratings. Let us know what you think of Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let us know if you're mad that we skipped that one. I don't think anybody cares. I, I, I hope not. It'll review it your fucking self then. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was enough. 12 fucking albums of Metallica. Was, That's it was, enough. It was enough. Join us next week when we get into part one of our Halloween episode. Ooh. That's it for this week. Until next week. Until next week. Keep it metal and bang on your neighbor's trash can lids. Fuck <laughs> off, Lars. My thumbs go up, you shut the fuck up. This fucking guy. I closed my notes. Hold on one second. Dumbass. I didn't fucking mean to. Need I was trying to scroll. Your fucking butt cheeks. No, I was trying to yeah. scroll up and I hit the Don't fucking wrong spot. Leave your butt cheeks open. Dream no more. Fuckers. <laughs> that was a delayed reaction. I'm sorry. God, it I, didn't really click what he said, but yeah. then it's like I thought we were clear to record. <laughs> but then laughed, after that, you know? it sounded so funny. Like, nah, wait, leave my butt cheeks open. I might need those. Yeah. <laughs> when my thumbs go up, you shut the fuck up. Okay. That's why your butthole's open. Oh, yeah. My butthole ain't open for nobody. I didn't even trim my, my finger, my thumbnail either, man. Hey, I don't want to scratch you your thumbs in my butthole. You can get it rough. Back when I was in prison, they used to call me nobody. 